Hello, hello. You are listening to Why the World Needs You podcast, hosted by me, Benjamin Fritz. This podcast has been created to empower you to become the person you've always wanted to be. The journey is difficult and the challenges are many, but the rewards of being true to yourself are immeasurable. The objective of this show is to give you a safe, supportive space to learn, gain inspiration, and witness the true power and freedom that comes with becoming the person that you are meant to be. Why the World Needs You is a community of purpose-driven individuals who are passionate, gifted, and have a zest for life. They deeply desire to share their unique voice and gifts in order to make the world a better place for themselves and future generations. They are pulled to a different way of living and a higher purpose, while remaining grounded in their desire to engage and contribute in practical ways. My goal is for you to walk away from each episode with confidence and conviction, sharing your authentic self with the world, as well as a deepening understanding of your potential to impact the world in a way that makes sense to you. I'm honored to have this privilege. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of your day and your journey. Hello, and welcome to the Why the World Needs You podcast. Today, I have Danielle McGinnis with me, doctor of physical therapy turned integrative life coach using a depth psychology approach to bridge science with the sacred. She is currently dedicating her life and her service to transforming unconscious suffering using a symbolic Jungian approach. Danielle, welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. We've shared spaces and I'm just like really excited to dive into this conversation. So thanks for having me. You are very welcome. I know it's so fun, right? It's like, this is a, we've seen each other's faces and we've talked face to face before, but this is like a very different kind of container. Um, we haven't had a lot of uh, get to know you time, so to speak. And so yeah. while we've had um, exposure to each other and we've done a lot of kind of meaningful work with each other in terms of um, dialogue and conversation, stuff like that. We haven't kind of gotten into some more of the nitty gritty. So I'm, I'm really excited to, to do this today. Yeah, let's, let's do it. I'm ready to dive in. Awesome. Yeah. Which by the way, I always just kind of like to like start this conversation about how we met. Um, I know you through Rick Alexander, who I had on my podcast uh, last year, last season, and we had an amazing conversation. So go check that out if you haven't already. Um, lots of fun. <laughs> um, but also I have the good fortune of being in a book club run by Danielle and Rick. And it's just been really, really great to um, dive into these meaningful conversations with you guys. So thank you so much for that and the space that you've provided there. Um, yeah. yeah, like kind of like you said, um, you know, we have we share a lot of things in common in terms of what we're interested in and even some of our story of how we got to where we are is kind of similar. So I'm excited to see what kind of pops out today. But yeah. first and foremost, I just kind of wanted to start with give me and, and the listeners a little bit of background about, you know, where you're at today. Like, how did you get there? And then we'll kind of talk about what you've got going on Jeez. currently. As, as much Jeez. of a nutshell as, as you want to do. <laughs> feel like I could write like a, a mini memoir on probably the last five years of my life. <laughs> um, but yeah, I graduated in physical therapy school. Well, I started physical therapy school in 2016. Um, while I was in physical therapy school, I built a strength and conditioning company with one of my best friends. Um, and as that was building and growing, it really just became evidently clear to me that like physical therapy was not what I wanted to do with my life. Um, and I was seeing all of this kind of potential, um, expanding upon itself that I had never really dabbled in before. Like being an entrepreneur, I was like, Oh, that's for, you know, people out there. It's not for me. So when I like started to be successful in that, I was like, Oh, the possibility started to unfold. Um, but kind of the negative side of that was that at, I was at a time in my life where, um, I almost got like sucked into the shadow of that. And mm -hmm. I started to morph myself into what my audience and what people wanted me to be. And I didn't have enough like internal wherewithal or internal boundary to kind of, um, check in with myself and say like, Hey, like, who are you becoming? And so I did an amazing job of building a following. I like went from like 2000 followers to 90,000 followers in less than a year and a half. Like 
I was really successful at it, but I got to a point where that just was not meaningful at all. And it became very evidently clear to me that like, there's something else that confronting that when I've built my whole life upon being a a person who, if, if I have a goal for myself, I, I can absolutely will myself to do it. Like my willpower is very strong, very dedicated human, but when you're confronting all of this unconscious emotional stuff, like willpower just doesn't work. Like you can't force yourself in that realm. And so I can't will myself to heal all of this Mm -hmm. quote unquote brokenness about that I felt towards myself. So it was really this place where I felt it was like a rock bottom and I kind of broke open and, and realized Oh, I think the problem's me. I think the problem is the way that I'm like orienting myself to the world. And so I just did a ton of soul searching. Um, I quit that business that I helped develop for almost three years, two and a half years. Um, and that was really hard because with that, be- that came a death of an identity that came a death of a friendship. Um, so a lot of like, shedding happened in that moment, but opened up a ton of potential again. So basically I started my own business. Um, some people followed me and then I really started to realize as I was working in the physical therapy clinic that like no one, everyone's focusing on this superficial level symptomology, whether it's in fitness or whether it's in physical therapy. And I just felt like I was like bumping up against like a ceiling there. And I was like, there's something more here. There's something that's deeper than these symptoms. And so I just really started to get interested in root causes and really started going towards a more holistic route to healing. And then that's when I like stumbled across depth psychology. And that's when it just like pretty much all unfolded to where I'm at now. Um, a lot of hardship, a lot of heartbreak, a lot of love, a lot of all the things, um, investing in myself. So that's gotten me here. So currently pursuing a PhD in depth psychology and using that at, into to integrate that into my practice. And I do embodiment coaching for individuals, one-on-one and group. So that's where I've evolved to at this point. Um, I'm really not sure what the future holds. I have an idea of what I want to do, but I'm leaving that open to be a little bit mysterious at this point. So short synopsis, but (laughs) that's it. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much for, for sharing all that. Oh man. It's just like, it's always like really interesting, you know, selfishly for me to sit here and like, listen to somebody's story. Uh, It's always really fun. I love sharing somebody's story, but for me, I'm always just, I'm just so curious about like what other people's experiences have been and kind Mm -hmm. of um, their, their trajectory. And it's just so funny because like, you know, you take out some of the details or a lot of the details and you really look at the thing from a high level and it's like, it's not too dissimilar. Like it's not too different than than me and my story and what I went through. And that's a big part of this podcast, honestly, is to share that, right? Is mm-hmm. like all of our paths can look so, so very different, but mm-hmm. they're often so similar. And and I really appreciate too what you said, like um, just noting how much struggle there was within that and that it wasn't um, this very clear transition or this seamless transition. Uh, there's just you know, I think there's this idea that um, people get really aligned and fulfilled and are living their best life because, or, or or by a very easy kind of like logical step-by-step way of doing things. And although you and I, our work is very similar and we help people do that in about as step-by-step way as you can, it's still so messy. And so I like sharing that process with people. So thank you for, for sharing that piece of it. Yeah. And I think that, you know, what I've come to realize through all of my personal hardships and and it bridges really well with a depth psychological lens is that like suffering is actually a byproduct of you moving towards wholeness. Like it's not, 
it's not something that you're going to avoid. So whatever you're trying to control in the process, like whatever illusion that you have of a sense of control, like that's probably going to fall apart at some point if you're actually moving towards more wholeness. Um, And so that's really what I help people do currently is to like basically use that symptom of like, okay, so you're anxious or you're depressed, like, okay, or maybe you're addicted to something. Okay, well, let's look at that. Like, why is that coming forward? Like, what is your psyche trying to tell you in this moment? Like, there's something underneath that there's a problem. We need to look at life a little bit differently. Maybe we have to go down a different path. Maybe we have to take a new orientation. All of the things that can come up when if you look at just a symptom and you say, I'm anxious or I'm depressed or put that in a box in some way. Um, basically that like flattens it out. Mm-hmm. Like your life becomes just this image that's flat. And what I try to do is, is slowly uncover that so that this individual can like learn to kind of dance with this. It's like very dynamic and like, it's very mysterious. And a lot of times I have clients who, come to me with these issues. And I think that a big thing with solving them is learning how to work creatively with them. Mm -hmm. Because if you're trying to work linearly with them, it's, it's not usually going to last very long, but if you learn to like kind of be creative in the process in the way that you work with your inner world, oftentimes that that's, that's it. If people can figure that out for themselves and I'm like kind of guiding and like kind of, just like dancing with them. Um, it, it usually, those are my clients that find the biggest fulfillment and meaning from their suffering. They learn the lesson, they take the wisdom and they walk forward with it instead of just leaving it in the shadow. So mm. yeah. yeah, suffering is part of it for sure. Yeah, I like that <laughs> specifically, I, I guess two parts of it, but like the first part being, as humans, and and I think specifically, probably a little bit more as a society as well, we we do everything we can to avoid suffering, right? So that's totally that's part of the issue is that we're do we're going out of our way to and and use the word that I really like is control to control everything and make sure that our lives are secure and stable and comfortable, and we go to all lengths and what you and I see in our work with the people that come to us is there there's a lot there in terms of some sort of dis-ease right whether that's physical whether that's mental emotional spiritual um you know a lot of times i think the, the the feeling is this general stuckness or like or stagnancy or what am i doing like you know people have these moments of like, well, like, what is this? Like almost like an out-of-body experience in terms of like, what is my life? Like, this is not what I thought it would be or what I was working towards. Yeah. And so I just think that that's a, a big piece of it. And then the other side, as you mentioned too, is just the, and I love that um, language around it too, is the dancing with it. And it's this idea that, and you can go way deeper on this than I can because of, um, you know, what you're in school for, but this idea that the more we try to resist something, the deeper it's going to go and the less access we have to that thing and to work with it. And so if we can start to, um, like you said, dance with these things and accept, not only accept it, like that's the first part, but then embrace it and then be willing to look at it and be with it and see what comes up. Um, and I guess the final thing I'll kind of finish with here and then throw it back to you is like our tendency to label things as good and bad, right? Especially as you mentioned, anxiety, depression, that type of thing. Those are like bad, right? We have this label of like, let's label those things bad. We don't want to feel that. Um, and I think that can be really, really detrimental too, if we're just bucketing things like that. Yeah. I think that, you know, a lot of the foundational work that I do with clients is just understanding their emotions, really understanding and Mm. becoming more emotionally intelligent because emotions are information. It's really what we've made them mean and how they're being processed in our body that causes us most of our suffering. Um, And then that kind of brings up something that I feel like laces all of the things that you just said, 
which is fear. Mm. Like, I feel like there's just like this, there's so much fear in our system that we are afraid (laughs) to confront. And I think it, it just takes oftentimes at rock bottom, I think that we're willing to confront it because we've kind of hit the the worst of the worst that we thought was going to happen. And so then we have the courage to say like, well, can't get any worse than this. Like, screw it. We'll go forward. And I think that that's just a really, it's a non-negotiable for most of the people that I work with. It's like, you got to be courageous. And Mm. like, courage for some people is going to look completely different. Like, you know, I, we have this group with, um, it's a collaboration that I'm doing with a couple of girlfriends called Grace and Grit. And one of the women that is in the group basically said like, this is the first time that she's ever done a group setting with women. And that's terrifying for her. And like, that's going to look completely different than my terror and my fear. So I think getting very intimate with our fears and understanding how that's causing us a lot of resistance to actually moving forward in becoming more of ourselves, I guess is the way. I'm, I Honestly, for me, I was just so afraid of one failure and two of what people would think if Mm -hmm. I like if I step away from this business in which I was the face of the company for two and a half years who like what are people going to think about me but also like that also I have to confront the part of that where it's like why have I inflated myself to think that I'm that important that people are going to give a fuck about me? (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. all of those, yeah, yeah, all of those questions come up and it's like a lot, but I think like really having help in that space is life-changing because for (laughs) us, we're only limited to our level of consciousness, right? So we need mirrors, we need people to help us and be with us and create safety. So that's been something that, I am so beyond grateful for are my mentors and my coaches and therapists and people that have like really helped me and my partner that's like helped me like propel me forward in this process or I probably would have remained stuck, honestly. So, yeah. 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 I love you mentioning that part of it. And also just to, you know, tie that to my experience too. Mine is similar in that, you know, we both come, yours was more with uh, physical therapy, but I came from the personal training world and it was similar um, where I, I, it's funny because, and this goes right along with this um, idea that we're talking about, like things are not linear and people also don't know our process whatsoever. So like for me, I had known for years, probably two or three years. Um, cause I, I did fitness only for, for five years. And so I knew for probably the second half of that. So two, two and a half years that I wanted to do life coaching someday. I wanted to coach people in this way that felt more just a little deeper. It was the thing that I realized quickly that I, I like really cared about. And I really was like, Oh shit, I want to help people with this deep stuff because I had made the transition from a corporate job to personal training And so for Mm -hmm. me, that was life-changing and Mm -hmm. that paradigm shift, you know, I felt that to my core and I just wanted everybody to to feel that like this, this major quality of life difference. And so when working with people, I knew this, I knew this, but fitness was comfortable for me. I got good at it quickly. Um, I had the, the body to go along with it. I had the, the billboard, so to speak, like when you're in fitness, that's an easy thing. And then I, I, you know, to, to like really sum it up quickly, I've had a bunch of health issues and like really hit the wall quickly and I couldn't do shit. I couldn't work. I couldn't. So I like had to step back from the training stuff I had to, or I lost kind of my physical body, so to speak, um, in terms of this literal image that I had created of myself and similar to what you're saying about this, like rock bottom moment, it's like, not only I tell people, I'm like, look, the the physical aspect of the shit that I was dealing with was not fun for sure. 
but the mental emotional part of it, the spiritual part of it, like that was the real work. That was the the part that was really difficult to sit with, but I'm so grateful for it in hindsight because I had to sit with like, okay, who am I without my body? Who am I without my work to, 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 to tell me who I am. Right. Um, and so, you know, similarly to you, you know, I've always kind of, um, tried to do things well and to get to a point where I am, uh, accomplishing things and achieving things. And I can like, I can put my worth into that and that feels good. And (laughs) I essentially, that paradigm had to shift in that moment. And I'm so grateful that it did. Uh, but it's, it's messy for sure. Yeah. The realizations that come up when that happens is like, oh my gosh, you know, like I dealing with the same thing with kind of like, I'm, I just created a program called coming home to body because I'm like, mm. oh my gosh, so many people are disconnected from their body. Um, I was disconnected from my, from my body for so long and I think inherently it's a disconnection from the feminine, which is this like down and in principle. Um, but it's interesting because kind of like you said, like I, I was good at that fitness space, you know, like I thrive there. It's all about willpower and it's all about like kind of, you know, pushing yourself. And what I realized is that there's a lot of um, masculine energy in that space, a lot of like kind of that up and out energy and I realized that in my journey that I don't know if I can actually explain this, put words to it, but, um, so when I was younger, basically I learned that I would get love through my performance. And so I morphed myself into who my parents wanted me to be, and they wanted me to be the athlete and they wanted me to be, um, the one that was like the superstar. And so, my dad in particular, like pushed me really hard in athletics. And like, I wanted to cheerlead and I wanted to dance and I wanted to do all of these different things, but it was like, no, you're playing soccer, you're playing basketball, Mm. playing softball because you're good at it. And so then I learned like what I'm good at is what I can actually put my identity in. And so unconsciously working through this over the past year or so, learning that like, I don't have to objectify myself to the masculine to feel loved. You know, like I don't have to objectify myself to social media, which is a masculine energy to be loved. And so learning how to relate to not only the masculine, but like be in my feminine has been really, really hard, especially when I've shifted away from the fitness and wellness space, because you know, you, you could say that there's some feminine energy there because there's like Instagram models and whatnot, but I would argue that most of these influencers are completely disconnected from that feminine energy. Um, and so it's, it's been such a journey and a task to really reclaim those different parts of me. And, and the suffering is what kind of brought that forward. That was my material that I could use to transform. That was how I could take this stuff that I was getting and like creatively work with it and then use that as momentum to just figure out where I was going next, honestly. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned that. And, and I'd noted this from uh, what you kind of uh, shared in your story because I wanted to come back to this. Um, but it's something that I see all the time with my clients. And this is a message that I feel really, really strongly about. Um, so I've, I've basically labeled people like us achievers with a capital A. And, <laughs> and something that I've found both for myself and for achievers in general to be really healing and, and literally like you're saying, paradigm shifting is just because you're good at something doesn't mean you should do it. Dude, feels like, <laughs> like, like the most feels right. Like, yeah. And you have to like, let that shit hit home. Cause it's like, because exactly like you're saying for so many of us, that's, you know, as adults, that's what we've learned and exactly what you said. And I, I, again, I really appreciate you sharing it is like, that's essentially us. Like we learned that's how we get love. 
And it's really important. I think for a lot of people, um, you know, probably for the people that are coming to us or the people listening to this podcast, that's not like too surprising or too kind of like, oh, really? Um, but but for some people, it's it feels like really heavy and intense and can be like, oh, I don't know about that. But like, if you really sit with it and really do a little bit of a deeper dive on what that means, that's always at the root of it. And mm-hmm. really, oh man, it's just my heart and I'm sure yours too, just like so goes out to people that are still operating within that paradigm because we understand like the depth of that, right? And we still, by the way, disclaimer to everybody listening to this, Danielle and I are not perfect. We did Do not, not make have it. this shit figured out. <laughs> Do like, not know. Like, and that's, and that's part of it is like, we are, we're constantly doing the work too. And this is a, you know, a forever journey to kind of come back from this. Um, yeah. But man, yeah. it's so, it's so huge. <laughs> yeah. Leaving, honestly, like after graduating physical therapy school, one, I like didn't even want to graduate, but I did because I was like, okay, well, you're almost done. And if you quit something when you're halfway through your failure, so that's another thing I had to work through. And then I had this kind of like issue with taking boards. So it got pushed back like six months or something. So it was like, honestly, like the shit was like lingering in my, it was like, it felt terrible. Mm. And it was just like this lingering thing. And I'm like, I don't even want to take these boards. Like, I don't even want to practice. And of course I was like, everyone around me was like, it's like running a marathon and not crossing the finish line. And it's like, okay, well, whatever. (laughs) And then that actually came full circle because I trained for a half Ironman and then it got canceled right before it. And I totally learned all the lessons that I needed. Mm. I did not even have to do that race. Like I fucking know now exactly why I signed up for it. So whoever gave me that advice (laughs) for my boards obviously has never done that. Um, So anyway, it was basically this long drawn out process. And then I took them and I'm like, okay, well, I'll wait till Rick and I move to Denver to like start to practice. And then I started practicing and it was like this very flexible schedule. It's working part-time and then my business part-time. And then I was like, I feel like I'm working too much here in the clinic. <laughs> it was like only 20 hours a week. It was something completely like not a lot. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, I'll push it down to 14. And then I was like, okay, well maybe 10. And then I was like, well, maybe I'll just work one day a week. And then I was like, or maybe I just should freaking quit this. Maybe I should let it go because it's not working out. And so what is it about just saying that like, just because you're good at it, why can't you just let this go? And it's because I had put my identity in being the person who was a doctor and finished physical therapy school and was like accomplished. And it's like, no, fuck that. Like, I don't like that. I don't want to do that. I'm good at it. Super good at it, but it's not for me. And so I, and it's interesting because when I actually stepped away from being in the clinic, so many PTs that I know reached out to me and they were like, wow, like you're really going after what you truly believe in. And like, I wish I would have done that 20 years ago Mm. because like staying in these like patient mills of clinics that like, just like scheme people, it's, it's terrible. And so that did make me feel better to get the validation from quote unquote experts, not experts, but people who have been in that field for a long time should just know that like, it's an illusion to think that if I stay here and I don't like it, it's going to be doing anything positive for my soul. So, but I did this, I I really tried to do it in a way that was quote unquote smart. Um, So I really tried to like really build my business up before I kind of just like, was like, yeah, quitting this job, pivoting, Right. Like I did make a massive pivot, but I also had invested a lot of time and money into my business to like get myself to a place where I could, you know, hit the ground running and and keep going. Um, But that in itself has been so letting go and that shedding process um, has been really, really painful. And you think rationally, like 
you know, it's not right for you, but you still hold on to it. You just carry it along and you're like, Oh yeah, I'll just practice in the clinic. It's fine. I'm good at it. But then it's like, no, it just feels so heavy. Like you're, you know, your body knows if it's not right for you, that letting go, man, I just like, when you said that, just because you're good at it doesn't mean you have to do it. I'm like, right in the heart. Like I feel that so deeply. And when I had that realization, that's when I gave myself permission to leave. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was like, I gotta be done with this. Um, yeah. And I think just again, with a lot of help from mentors, coaches, my partner, like mirroring me, he's like, you know, you're coming home and you're just like really stressed on your work days. And I'm like, yeah, I think that's a sign. Yeah. Well, and I like that you said that too, because I was going to ask, um, like through that process, because like you said, uh, really, really what it is, is like giving ourselves permission. Right. And I think, and, and, you know, if this doesn't ring true for you, then let me know. But like, I see that as a big part of my job is like, truly, I'm just giving people the space. I'm giving them permission and, but eventually teaching them how to give themselves permission but that's the first step is like just feeling like you have permission to do something else, to be a certain, to, to be, I mean, truly to be more of you, right. To like, try to stop putting on a mask of, you know, who you think you should be for whatever number of reasons. Um, mm-hmm. So I was going to ask you what supported you through that process because it is so damn difficult. Is there, so for anybody listening um, obviously you and I can both pitch ourselves right now and be like, yeah, you should work with us and you guys should, or should at least consider a conversation with either of us. Um, if this, you know, feels like super resonant, but, um, what would you suggest for people and, or what was something really, really specifically helpful for you during that time? Like, what is something actionable? If it's like, I can feel this, I know that I'm meant for something different or I'm feeling this pull, but I'm just, I'm so fucking terrified and I'm paralyzed in that. Yeah, I think my situation was, I wouldn't say unique, because I think that a lot of people that are in these kind of like stuck career situations are probably also not injecting themselves into healthy relationship containers either. Mm -hmm. But I was in a relationship that was pretty emotionally abusive. And like, I was like gaslit completely. So like, my ability to trust myself was like, almost zero it was like zero. <laughs> like I, I did not uh, trust right, myself. Right. Um, so it's interesting because the first thing that I, well, I started to listen to podcasts. So that was the thing that like really helped me kind of open up some doors and like really just like, I'm like hearing things and I'm like, Oh, there's more than this that I'm seeing right here in my reality. So that was like kind of entry into, um, the work. And then actually I was the first person ever to buy Rick's Clarity Academy. Um, when he got out of the military, I was the first person to buy it. So I went through Rick's Clarity Academy way before that we, when we were together. So Mm. I went through that program and I was actually still in physical therapy school then. And so that was just opening me up to a little bit more growth stuff. Um, and then I just invested in, um, some relationship course. Um, I read the book loving bravely by Dr. Alexandra Solomon. That was a game changer for me. Um, because to be in an emotionally abusive relationship, like even when you choose to leave, like there's still all of these like residual side effects of like being in that container. And so the healing continues long after you're gone. Mm -hmm. So I felt like a lot of my work was healing around kind of like attachment wounds and healing my, my, how I viewed other in my life and not just an intimate other, but like social media and, you know, my friends Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. like the world. So just really understanding that. And then I just like continued to invest and invest, invest. Um, some of them were shit. Like, honestly, like mm-hmm. some of the things I invested in was not right. I put my, I tried to, um, pedestal people and think that they had the answers and they did not. Um, so there's a lot of things that didn't work out, but all in all, I don't regret investing 
any of the money that I did because I learned at least something about myself in the process because when I invested in something that didn't really feel right, but I felt pushed into it, I learned to trust myself after that. So I got a little, like I was reclaiming my, my instinct and my intuition a little bit Mm. in that process. So it was actually really great. And that really bums me out. Um, just kind of thinking about this container that, um, I'm creating with this coming home to body program. So, you know, I, I've had calls with women who have invested time and time again in nutrition coaches and spent thousands of dollars. And I'm like, what? Well, that's not what we're doing here. Like we're actually lifting all of that up and we're actually going to go into like all the deep shit. And we're going to look at it symbolically and we're going to look at it metaphorically and we're going to dance with it and we're going to do all these things. It's not that, but they have basically said that if if I tried to do one good thing for myself in my life and it didn't work out, I shouldn't do it again. I shouldn't try it again. And that Mm. is so incredibly um, harmful, that belief that like if I did one good thing and it didn't work out, there's no other good things out there that can be very, very toxic. Um, and it can hold you back from being with the people that kind of really open up things for you. So I think that giving myself just the permission to like invest in myself was a big Mm. thing. Cause like all this stuff around scarcity and, and money was a big thing in my life too, but Mm -hmm. it only took like a few times to realize like, Oh, looking back like six months before this, I'm a way better person now. I might not be the person or made it in any sense at all, but I'm a way better person. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's worth it. So I think just really getting in right relationship to like asking for help that for me. And then we are kind of talking about vulnerability off, off the recording. And Mm -hmm. I just feel like for me, I basically, because I learned that like, well, I'm not lovable. What what's lovable about me is the way that I perform and the way that I work. So basically what I did was I like strapped up a suit of armor on when I was like eight years old and learned to get through the world that way. And it's like, okay, hard shit. Okay. Cut off your emotions and just do it get it done. And then people applaud you because you're so disciplined and you're so devoted. And it's like, until it doesn't work anymore. <laughs> so, um, really the mentorship thing, the asking for help was just kind of unbuckling that armor and saying like, I'm struggling. Mm. I'm really, I'm really struggling here. And I'm so glad that I did because it's allowed me to be one, a better coach for people, a better partner. Mm -hmm. And just, I feel like overall a better human in the world, because I feel like for me, because I orient to the world as a female, I feel like the way I relate to things is, is my gift, you know? And if I'm just like getting through the world, using my logic and using my like rational mind to just like cut things apart, like I'm actually not really using my gifts. And so it's really that taking that armor off has really allowed me to like, I think be in a better like gift state, honestly. So Mm. I don't even know what the question was. but (laughs) I don't either at this point, but it doesn't matter. (laughs) Oh, no, I love all that. Um, the two things of many, the like the underlying factors that kind of stuck out to me um, are intuition and asking for help. Like those mm-hmm. two things are really big. Uh, like you said, part of what I've found the to be a, a part of the achiever is it's good to be strong. Totally. And, and there's value in being strong. And I love... It's, it's, I love these conversations too, because like, you know, I, I am so grateful for what I'm able to do because I learned so much from my clients, um, and can apply it to myself and to the world. And it's just like amazing. Um, but even like this, I hadn't even truly thought of the, the kind of like this toxic masculine that is the, the fitness industry. Um, 
I, I definitely felt my disenchantment with it after a while, um, but I hadn't really connected that piece of it. And so I think that's really interesting to see. Um, and right, yeah, just, just in general, this idea of there is value in being strong. Mm. Okay, like if we break that down, yes, there is, but it's like it's not the only thing. And I think that's the piece, right? Is like understanding that we are human and that I, I, I tell people this a lot is like asking for help is a strength because yeah. it's so damn yeah. hard. That is the harder thing to do. That, do. that makes you stronger. What actually makes you weak or, you know, because so many of us achievers relate to logical, rational, uh, the intelligent thing to do in that situation is to ask for help. Mm -hmm. And like, so why would you, you know, if you're giving advice to yourself, you would tell yourself to get help. And so it's, you know, it's purely your attachment to this need to be strong and this, this unhealthy relationship to that, um, for fear of what that means. Right. And what that says about you as a person, like at your core, right? Like if I can't suck it up and get through this, then I'm pathetic or I'm not worthy. Um, mm -hmm. and that, that goes deep. And so I love that you kind of noted that as a big turning point. Um, because right. I think if anything, it's like, that's kind of the chink in the armor, right? It's not the, like the full, you're not like fully exposing yourself, but it's just enough to, okay, now we can work with something now, since you were able to put that foot forward now there's a world of possibility for you. And that's, I think, just something that is um, so, so important. So I, I want to throw it to you to see if you have any comments on that. And then I want to bounce back to the intuition thing too. Yeah, I just think that there is a lot of shame around weakness, whatever that means. Yeah. You know, like, I think that like, shame is a disapproval experience. And so a lot of us were disapproved of when we failed at something or weren't strong enough to do something. And I think that's coming from family system, but I think that's also deeply embedded in American culture. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that, that that's a complex layered experience, but I think that there's just a lot of shame and then coming out with that, just saying like, shame thrives in secrecy, right? So like mm. shame just loves to sit under the surface and just eat away at your potential. And if you're actually just like come forward and say like, I need help, <laughs> like that's better than just like suffering in silence. So um, that's what I have to say about strength. And it is very personal to everybody. Um, but intuition, man, that's been um, an interesting uh, learning experience, kind of reclaiming that intuitive, um, piece of myself. Um, so it's interesting because in my grace and grit container, I just did a lecture about, um, just like personal power. And I was talking about bringing intuition into it. And oftentimes we look at intuition as if it's this like prophetic, like guide, like, it has all of the right answers, quote unquote, right answers. That's not what intuition is. Intuition is a present moment in body experience of the here and now. And it's taking into account your emotional experience, your body sensation, and your cognitive experience. And you're putting all of those together in your here and now experience and using that information to take one next step forward. That does not mean that the next step is actually going to be the quote unquote right one or the quote unquote safe one. It's mm. going to feel probably very uncomfortable. So I think that intuition, if we're looking at it as again, something that has the answer, we've related to it wrong. We need to like be a little bit more creative with the way that we work with ourselves. It puts a lot of pressure on ourselves too. Like okay, so now we're playing God. We have all the right answers. What? Um, so I think that just really taking stock and using that as a GPS, 
honestly, just using it and just like rerouting constantly um, has been really a great way for me to get into my feminine, that intuitive Mm -hmm. sense of like, what feels, um, what am I experiencing right now? Um, It's been great. Honestly, it's been hard. It's been like kind of like gray and foggy and weird, Um, but it's been great. (laughs) <laughs> I'm open. I'm, I'm open to the gray and foggy at this point. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I actually love that you, like, that's how you're describing it because truly that's, that is what it is. It's a gray area and yep. there's, there's safety in black and white. And that's what the achiever clings to. Totally. There's comfort <laughs> in the safety of that of being like, I know this is right. I know this is wrong. I have all the rules laid out. I know step-by-step what to do next to get to that level of success. Like everything is black and white. And so a lot of my work with people is like, okay, this is going to be tough, but we have to shift this paradigm. We have to shift this idea that there is always a right and wrong, Mm -hmm. that there is always a black and white. And I love like everything you said it's, it's so cool because it's so much my process, you know, as a human, but also with clients, but I use different words around it. And so it's just really, I I love like hearing your experience and all of that for you, but really (laughs) it's not the right answer. And that's the point, right? Like totally. And allowing ourselves to, and, and I love even like the hand motion you did there for, for anybody watching this or, or <laughs> listening to this, I should say, like not getting to see that Danielle was kind of doing this, like all over the place, side to side kind of motion. And that's actually literally how I phrase this is because intuition can be a big, scary, um, feel like a metaphysical, spiritual word. I love how you broke, broke it down and it was just like, that's not actually what it is. It's purely information from all of our senses, not just our brain. So there's a lot of wisdom in that, but also it is just, it's the ability to be present, right? And we're not thinking along the line. We're not thinking of next steps. And that's Mm -hmm. the thing that I find makes us uncomfortable, but it's so this, this idea what I was saying is like this paradigm of following your energy following what feels good to you. A big part, at least in my experience as achievers, we don't follow what's good, what feels good genuinely to us from a sense of like joy, like deep feeling good. We follow what makes sense. (laughs) We follow like the, the, you know, the easiest next checks, check box. Um, But the other way that I say that then is like, it's just like following those breadcrumbs. And that's exactly kind of the motion that you were doing is like, no, it's not a straight and narrow path and it's not linear at all, but, and you said it, it it's a compass and that's yeah. all that matters. You don't need to have all the answers. You just need to know that you're going in the right direction and that's what your intuition can give you. But to like step back, you have to trust yourself in order to do that. And now we can also bring in the spiritual picture here of like, you can also trust a higher power or whatever a bigger picture is for you. Um, That's part of the trust equation as well. But I think it totally makes sense given your experience, how you weren't able to do that, right? Specifically being in a relationship, being gaslit where you have no ability to trust yourself, and that's so big. I, I think I, I'm an, I'm like a huge nerd around intuition, if you can't tell. So like this for me is like the thing. And yeah. um, specifically, I say I work with deep feeling achievers. So specifically people who um, are just feelers by nature. And, you know, for, for those Myers-Briggs enthusiasts out there, like if you're the, the, the two middle, if you're an N and an F in the middle, if you're intuitive and a feeler, by nature, but the way that you operate or orient yourself to the world, as you were saying, Danielle, is through a thinking mentality. From my, what I've found in my life and working with people is that you are going to feel misaligned and you have to. And so that's the segment of the population that I can speak for. I can't say for everybody. I can imagine that if everybody was more intuitive, it would help, but specifically for this 
population that like coming back to yourself, building a sense of self-trust. It's really, I think the answer to a lot, if not most things. So what that brings up for me is, you know, if we talk about that in a Jungian lens, because Carl Jung really paved the way for personality stuff. He has this concept called the inferior function. And so the, most of us relate to the world in some form of like the Myers-Briggs, I think is kind of an offshoot of the work that he did around personality. So basically we have, we relate to the world on, on one way, but we feel like maybe we have to kind of compensate and do something else to make our way in the world. Mm. So y- you might be relating to the world through your inferior function. So your superior function maybe would be your feeling or your intuition or whatever it is. But what happens is then you start to put your, your, your gifts, you put them into the shadow, you put them into the unconscious and they just sit there and they're disengaged. And now you're relating to the world basically as a mask. And that's Mm -hmm. why you feel so split is because your ego is identified with, you know, your persona, your ego is not identified with your actual true um, expression of, of self. So for me, something that's been very, 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 very helpful um, is to start with dream work um, because Mm. that's a way that you can really start to like get out of the rational mind. It's been so incredibly helpful for me to like break out of this like dualistic Western scientific place. You know, like I thrive in that, you know, I graduated physical therapy school. That's hard. Right. But it's a very like dualistic place. And for me to like start into this PhD and and start to like dream work, I'm like, whoa. So instead of, for me, it's been great because you take a dream and you look at the images that come up and instead of asking, what does this mean? You ask like, who, who is visiting me right now? And like, what are they trying to tell me? So you're like, actually interacting with these inner parts of yourself Mm. as opposed to like what meaning is all logical you're trying to figure out if what it means you're putting it in a box Mm -hmm. you're flattening Mm -hmm. the dynamic inner world so like really working with my dreams in that way has like helped me immensely come into what I feel like is my true nature Mm. and it's it's given me so many insights into the way that I'm showing up, um, the ways in which my unconscious are kind of showing up in different areas of my life. And so that in itself has been such a a gift along my journey. So, yeah. Mm, I love that insight. That's so, so interesting. Um, So I appreciate you for for sharing that both for listeners (laughs) and for me. (laughs) <laughs> um, I kind of, I commented on a post of yours being like, I love dreams. Um, I've always been obsessed with them. I just like, think they're so interesting. Um, yes. and when I was younger, I, I was that person that was like, what is the meaning of this? What is the meaning of this thing in my dream? And so I love that kind of just that, that little, but meaningful shift in how we relate to that is super interesting and I'm definitely going to take that into kind of my own practice. Uh, yeah. Quick, quick check in with you. How are you for time? I'm good. Okay. I've got 10 left. So this okay. is, it's, it's always hard at this point. There, we're just so many good things, right? <laughs> um, yeah. Well, and the thing I love about this too is that there's not like, it's so meta in the fact that there's no right way necessarily to go about intuition and getting back in touch with yourself and in touch with, um, you know, to, to build up this trust factor and to know yourself better. Uh, one of the things that I focus on a lot <laughs> still personally, cause I struggle with this is joy and creativity. Mm-hmm. Those two things are, as you know, um, directly related to the feminine. And so like, as we've been talking about this, you know, I've kind of pushed this in the direction of, of the achiever, but like, um, everything that we've been talking about is, um, it is this masculine way of being right. Do, do, do 
Like mm-hmm. that's, that is like my paradigm. That's what I know how to do. Um, so as an achiever, this, this sense of being and going with the flow and feeling into things like this is very kind of foreign, even if it's in your nature, kind of like we were just talking about, um, because you've created this, um, this other way of operating in the world. So I think it's really important to figure out how we get back to that. And so those are two things for me, like I said, very personally, um, I struggle with joy with, with doing things just for the hell of it. You look at my schedule and most things are connected to an outcome. Mm -hmm. And it's, I mean, it's truly my existential work is unplugging from doing something like doing something for a purpose as opposed to just doing something to just do. Um, so things like, you know, going for a walk without listening to a podcast or consuming content. One thing my wife has done that I haven't really taken up, (laughs) but I love the idea of it is coloring Mm -hmm. and just like sitting and listening to music again, not consuming, not pushing ourselves forward or growing. I know Mm -hmm. we all love to do that. It feels good, but to start stepping back and um, I'm trying to think of one other example for me. Um, just like I, I do truly enjoy reading and any kind of content, really fiction, nonfiction, obviously fiction is the one that's a little bit more of what we're talking about here in terms of like pure joy, like give me a Harry Potter book and good, good, good to go. (laughs) Right. Like (laughs) you can just escape, but I'll take that back really quickly here. Like for anybody like, you know, we're, we're talking about Harry Potter here. Remember if, if that was a thing for you, remember what that felt like to get your hands on that book. For me, that was, it was summer break. I was going to get a book and I sat on the couch for hours reading that thing. I didn't feel bad about that. I didn't give a shit how I was allocating my time. I just knew that it felt good to do that thing and I was going to do it. Now, does that, you know, has that led to anything? Am I going to be an author or am I like, no. So, but again, that's like, we're, we're immediately shifting into the achiever there. It's being right. able to just do things for the sake of experiencing joy. And for me, joy is being in the moment and being to actively enjoy, like engage with the present moment. And yeah. so I would just offer for, for anybody listening to, get a little bit curious about like what those things are for you. What were creative pursuits that you had when you were a kid and that you don't do anymore? Did you do art? Did you do music? Um, Were you a bookworm like me? And then that disappeared in high school because it was just the thing that you had to do. And so I didn't want to read anymore. Totally. Like start to notice what these things are for you and start to notice like what things bring you joy. The one thing that I really do, I knew there was something, um, (laughs) is playing with my dog. Mm. Like, yeah, I can just play with my dog and I'm not thinking about anything else in the moment. I can be goofy as shit. Like I don't have to be anybody. I don't have to be anything. I can just be in that moment with my dog. And so just trying to just do that. And those are, those start to begin to become breadcrumbs back to, um, a little bit more of your true nature instead of identifying so strongly with this, um, outer layer. Yeah. It's funny that you bring that up. Um, because it seems like it's centered around play too. Um, I just did this podcast on the divine child within, and Mm. I talked about how, so we were in Costa Rica and we were basically my, my friend Jessica was doing this tarot reading for me. And she flipped over the advice card. So if you take this advice, then you are going to my like end result was equanimity. If I take this advice card, it will be equanimity. The advice card was play or centered around play. And she's like, oh, that's wonderful. What you get to do is you get to play. And I was like, well, I was like, well, it's like for someone like me, that's actually like terrifying and it feels really awful and gross. And I don't like the feeling of that. And 
it's really interesting that you say that because I've experienced those same kind of like blocks. And I think that it comes back to what I was saying about kind of putting on the armor and becoming Mm -hmm. very rigid with life and not letting life kind of dynamically move through you. Mm. But it was also very interesting because that, I think it was that night we went to the beach, the group of us that were in Costa Rica, and there was an eight-year-old and a 10-year-old there and one of our friend's daughters and sons. And we started playing freeze tag on the beach and it was so much fun. Oh my God. It was so much fun. There was like a bunch of adults just playing freeze tag. It was just awesome. And just like letting ourselves do it. Um, I ordered this like bracelet kit. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So I, I was like, Hmm, what can I do to play more? Because when I was in my, it was interesting because I was actually in a somatic dream tending session and I was working with my dream and I was interacting with this dream figure and um, she was in this tree house and I was like packing shit up and like pushing her out of this tree house. She didn't want to go. And so in this somatic dream, I went into the dream and I just kind of was there and like watched her play and like, try to talk to my dream image. And I was like, what do you need? Like asking her what she needed. And like, we were just like sitting there reading. It sounds super foolish and woo woo, but if you can actually allow Mm. yourself to open, these are the parts of yourself that have the greatest wisdom. And so I ordered that bracelet kit. I have, so Valentine's day, Rick and I just basically played all day. So it was like super fun. Um, Yeah. And it's, it's just like really checking myself when I feel that because I feel it in my body more than anything. First, I feel the rigidity. I'm like, I have resistance Mm -hmm. here and I feel like I'm like the armor is on no fun. Do not have fun. (laughs) So I really start to check myself when I, cause I've gotten pretty used to that feeling Mm -hmm. now that I'm aware of it. So that's where it starts for me is to just like really check in and like asking myself, like, what about this feels vulnerable to you that you're not allowing yourself to open? Um, and then just really being courageous in that moment and, and asking, like, just taking stock of like where I'm at in my day, where I'm at my week. And like, I need to make time for that. Like, it's really, really important. And I feel like, you know, reading for me too. I was like a bookworm for sure. Harry Potter all day, every day. Um, but one of the things that actually was pretty, I would say it was probably small T trauma, but like, you know, in that previous abusive relationship, like mm. I like shared with him about like loving to like wake up and hear the birds in the morning. And he was like, well, that's stupid. And like, just basically saying how, like awful of a person I was to like think that something that simplistic would bring joy. And like, I think at that moment I just like, was like cut it off, but Mm -hmm. like I've been able to like reconnect with that and like really reclaim what I truly feel is joy. And that is one of the things it's like going on a walk and hearing the birds. It's like, Whoa, Mm -hmm. wonderful. (laughs) I Mm -hmm. love that. So those are kind of, that's my experience of play and joy. It hasn't been, um, you know, it hasn't been a smooth road, but I think that I'm learning, you know, I think, I think all of us are, but yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. Thank you for, for sharing that. So good to like, see how these things actually play out in our lives in like a real way. Um, well, I feel like we could obviously easily continue to go with this. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we're, we're at our time here. I wanted to ask you one final question. Um, okay. one thing that I've been excited to do for this season of the podcast, uh, the, the name of the podcast is why the world needs you. And so. <laughs> I want to ask you, Danielle, why does the world need you? Well, this is interesting because it's really like celebrating yourself here, huh? Like uncomfy, right? Yeah. I would say that the world needs me because I actually give a shit about humans. Like I, Mm. what I do in the world, 
my value system is so centered around people feeling safe and seen and heard and not money that it's actually affected me. (laughs) And I think that the world needs more people who give a shit. They need more people who don't look at the material and the safety and the acceptance of the outside and use that as their driver. They need people who are truly rooted in what they love. And I feel like I am figuring it out. Obviously I haven't made it in any way, but I do know that I fucking love what I do. And I love to see clients just like figure it out for themselves too. You know, like the fact that people can become more conscious by not leaving their shadows and all the unconscious stuff in the past, but like bringing it forward with them, like that lights my soul on fire. And I love that. So, Mm. yeah. (laughs) Love it. Love it. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Uh, Yeah. I'm just like, one of the things I, I've kind of, I don't even know if this is a term, honestly, but um, toxic humility. (laughs) I, I feel like that's a big thing for, a lot of us, uh, you know, myself included, and um, this is part of reclaiming your your power, but also just knowing yourself and being, uh, you know, it's not about being arrogant. It's just about standing in what is true for you. And so I love, because immediately after you got over like the initial like uncomfortable, like yes. you immediately like embodied what is true for you. And so I fucking love seeing that. Um, this is very clear. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, I can absolutely say that the world needs you exactly like you said, humans that give a shit about humans. Um, and that's at the end of the day that trickles into so many other things, but thank you so, so much for, for being here and sharing this time with me and our listeners. Um, just been an absolute pleasure, by the way, where can people find you? I want to make sure we get that in here too. Yeah. So people can find me on Instagram at Dr. Danielle McGinnis and then on my website, drdaniellemcginnis.com. Um, I just want to say thank you for this whole interview and thank you for opening that space that I could share that. That really was felt like just like once, once the armor's off, it's just like channeled. <laughs> like, cool. <laughs> so thank you. You are so very welcome. Hey yo, thanks so much for listening. I truly hope you enjoyed today's episode. Just a reminder that all the relevant links can be found in the show notes below, as well as that of our free Facebook community, where all the cool kids are at, just being ourselves, sharing our gifts, and supporting the hell out of one another. So come on in, introduce yourself, and join the party. See you in there.